This is Crossroads with Clayton King. We're just a few months away from our Crossroads Winter Conference in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. It's Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, and it has been for 26 years. As churches are registering and kids are signing up to come to Winter Conference, I wanted you to feel what it's like to be there in person. Maybe some of you will get to come this year, but if you don't, we're going to take you back to last year when I preached a message from Matthew chapter 7 about the power of our words and how our faith has to be more than just simply the words that we say. This is a really encouraging message. It also challenges us to really dig deep into what we truly believe, not just what we say. So grab your notebooks, your Bible, and let's get ready to learn together. So Shari and I got married in 1999, and the next summer we traveled to California. Anybody ever been to California? It's a beautiful state. But we were invited to, now get this, this is gonna blow your mind. We were invited to spend a couple of days at a hippie Bible college commune. Now let that sink in. A hippie Bible college commune. This was a place where people who had been on drugs or had struggled with homelessness, uh, that had been on the streets of California, specifically in San Francisco, where the hippie movement began in the 1960s on the corner of Haight and Ashbury Street, which is kind of legendary in American history. That, this, this Christian woman had bought this property up in Northern California and turned it into a commune where they would lead drug addicts to Jesus off the streets. And then they would invite them to come and live at this place for a year while they went through recovery, while they learned the Bible, and while they got discipled. Now, I'm a lot of things. I'm a country boy. I'm a truck guy. I've got a Ford F-250. I'm a deer hunter. I'm a, I'm a meat eater. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not really a hippie at all. My, my wife went to Appalachian State, and if you're from the Southeast, you know that Appalachian State's kind of known for hippie culture. So I married a woman that went to a school that was kind of in hippie culture, but I'm not a hippie at all. I'm kind of just a farm boy from Fountain Inn, South Carolina. So we go to this hippie Bible college commune for a few days while we're on vacation, and they asked me to, to speak to like 30 of these recovering drug addict hippie types who have just met Jesus and they don't know anything about the Bible and they don't know anything about God and they're just fresh like in the kingdom and they're all hungry. And it was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. Here's the point I'm trying to make. The words I was using during my little Bible study were words that had different meanings than kind of what they were thinking. So I told a story in my first Bible study with this group about a mission trip that I had been on where I had seen God do some miraculous things in the Himalayas of North India. One of the things I saw happen over there was I saw God raise a baby from the dead. Like we helped deliver twin babies in this village up in the Himalayas. And the first baby was stillborn and we prayed. We didn't ask for God to raise the baby from the dead. We were actually praying that this village wouldn't kill us because they thought we had brought bad luck and that it was our fault the baby was delivered dead. And while we were praying, this baby that had just been born came back to life. So I'm telling that story to a room full of Christian hippies. And I'm telling this story and their eyes all got 
biggest saucers. They were like, <gasps> so I tell this story and at the end, I was like, so do any of you guys have any questions about this Bible study? And this guy literally sitting right in front of me in this den of this big house we're in. And he goes, yo, dog. It's the first thing he said. Now, this was 1999. I know that dog now is like a term, like, that's my dog. Yo, dog, we just dogs. But back then, yo, dog did not mean what it means now. Words change meaning over time. So he's like, yo, dog. And I literally thought he was calling me a dog, and it kind of offended me. And then he goes, I got to tell you something, man. That story was just fly dope. And Shari and I spent a couple of days there. And what we realized is that words that we were using had different meaning than the words that they were using. Words really matter. Words are really, really important. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to like kick off our time together this weekend by talking about the importance of words, but I want to talk about more than words. I want to talk about more than words. So if you take notes in sermons on your phone or if you handwrite them or if you have a Bible, I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 7. So you can take out your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 7. I want to talk about more than words today. Because what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 7, y'all, it's like really, really important. This whole passage that I'm going to preach from for a few minutes is about the kingdom of heaven. And so when I had you guys and girls and you leaders just three or four minutes ago turn your palms up toward heaven and pray, Jesus, I surrender to you, speak to me. What I wanted you to do was orient not just your hands, but also your head and your heart toward heaven. Heaven is not just a place that's above us. Heaven is where God rules and reigns from his throne. Okay? And the Bible tells us that when the end comes and Jesus returns, Jesus is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking forward to a new earth. I'm looking forward to a new creation. I'm looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where there is no such thing as COVID-19. I'm looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where there is no such thing as calories. Can I get an amen from anybody in the house? I'm looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where there are no lies and deceptions, where there are no conspiracy theories, where politicians and pundits and talking heads don't just tell you what you want to hear. I'm looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where I don't get frustrated in traffic. Can I confess to y'all, I'm a pastor, but I get really frustrated in traffic. Sometimes I rebuke people from the comfort of my F-250. I'm like, I rebuke you. Where did you get your driver's license? Walmart? I'm looking forward to like a new heaven and a new earth. Where? Now, now you teenagers won't understand this, but all the adults in the room will. I'm looking forward to a new heaven where I can go to bed at nine o'clock and sleep till 7 a.m. and not have to get up and go to the bathroom. My man, he's like, he's got both hands up. 
I'm looking forward to, to like waking up in the morning and my lower back, my hip, my shoulder, and my neck don't hurt. I'm looking forward to heaven when I can play football with Jesus, where I can play basketball with Jordan and LeBron and somehow Jesus gonna let me dunk on both of them. So what I wanted to do today is like literally like get you before I even preach this to turn your, your hands toward heaven. And now I wanna turn your heads, your mind and your hearts toward heaven. In other words, I want all of you guys and girls and every leader for the next few minutes to think about heaven. I want you to think about what it's gonna be like. I want you to think about a world that will last forever and you will never get sick and you'll never be sad and you'll never be depressed and you'll never have to take medicine for a cold or the flu or a cough or a headache. You'll never have to take medicine for anxiety. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how awesome it's gonna be when Jesus who the Bible says made the world, will come back and not just reclaim the world, but restore the world. And I want you to think about how amazing it's gonna be that every desire in you, everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever longed for, everything you've ever prayed for, everything you've ever dreamed about, everything you've ever wanted, will not only come true but it will all be fulfilled in you and me being in the presence of Jesus and his glory and his perfection and his beauty. Now here's the reality. Most of us in the room, as of like right here, right now at 9.41 a.m. on Saturday, most of us in this room are gonna go there. But some of us are not. So I wanna make sure that you understand this Jesus is drawing a conclusion here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and I don't want you to miss it. Everybody doesn't go to heaven. And what I want you to answer before I'm done with this message is whether or not you're truly a Christian and if you're gonna go to heaven when you die. I'm gonna tell you how to know. Actually, Jesus is gonna tell you how to know for a fact but I wanna make sure you understand this. Everybody doesn't go to heaven when they die. And one of the most difficult things I do as a pastor is preach a funeral for someone that I don't know whether or not they were truly a Christian. But one of the most beautiful things I get to do as a pastor is preach funerals for people that I know for a fact lived a godly life because Christ was their Lord and Savior. So here's what I want you to write down. Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with two things, a warning and a promise. That's how Jesus wraps up the greatest sermon ever preached. Matthews 5, 6, and 7 records the Sermon on the Mount. And side note, if you haven't watched The Chosen on Amazon Prime, one of my favorite episodes is when Jesus finally preaches the Sermon on the Mount. Greatest sermon ever preached. And at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, 
Jesus concludes it with a warning for those who think they're gonna go to heaven when they die. He warns them, some of you are deceived. You think you're gonna go to heaven because you're basing all of it on the wrong things. And then a promise. The promise is, if you do the will of my Father in heaven, you're gonna be there. You're gonna enter into the kingdom of God. You can know God and you can go to heaven, but you've gotta do my Father's will. So there are two elements to this today. I'm gonna to make it very, very simple. Two elements. There is a warning and there is a promise. And I want all of you to hear both of them. Let me say it again. I want all of you to hear both of them. I want everybody in this room to hear and everybody watching on Facebook Live, I want you to hear the warning that if you are not in Christ, if you have never given your life to Jesus, you better do it today. You need to do it today. You should do it today. But I also want you to see the promise that if you will repent of your sin and just ask Jesus to save you, you can have absolute assurance that not only are you gonna go to heaven when you die, but you can have a relationship with Jesus now. You don't have to wait till you go to heaven to experience heaven. Heaven comes to earth in Jesus Christ. Heaven comes to earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. Heaven comes to earth when we worship. I hope this message gives you a taste of what it feels like to be in the room at Crossroads Winter Conference with about 2,000 teenagers from all over the East Coast. Hey, you might be a youth pastor and you're looking for an event to take your students to. Maybe you're a mom or a dad and you've got teenagers, or maybe you're a student yourself and you'd like to attend this special event. I wanna invite you to come and be a part of it. This coming January, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, is January the 12th through the 15th, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Come and be a part of this with us. Go to our website, very simple, crossroadswinterconference.com. The prices are there, location, all the details, crossroadswinterconference.com. We have seen God do miracles over the last 26 years, and this year it's gonna be amazing. Come and join us at Crossroads Winter Conference in Gatlinburg, and now back to the message. I had a girl walk up to my book table uh, just before I came up to preach, and she said, I felt like I was in the presence of God last night during worship. I got so hyped because I felt God's presence. When we sing and we worship and Blake and Charlie and Stephen and these guys lead us in worship, you know what that is? It's a taste of heaven. Heaven comes down to earth when we lift our hands and our hearts towards Jesus. So I want you to hear both today, both the warning and the promise. Matthew chapter seven, I wanna read this to you. These are the words of Jesus, and I'm gonna let Jesus speak for himself. He says this in verse 15. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a good tree or a bad tree produce good fruit. 
Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire so you'll recognize them by their fruit. Leave the scripture up there. I just wanna make a point before I move on. You know if you're going to heaven one day by the fruit your life is producing today. You might wanna write that down. It's not gonna be on the screens. Because for some of us, it's like, well, how do I really know I'm going to heaven? How do I know that I'm a Christian? How do I know that I'm really saved? How do I know that I'm in the kingdom of God? Look at your life right now. This is what Jesus is talking about. He compares you and me to a tree. This is also Jesus pulling from Psalm chapter one. Um, Shari is in uh, divinity school right now at Anderson University, and she's been learning a lot about the book of Psalms, and you'll hear her talk about some of this tomorrow when she speaks. But in Psalms chapter one, it talks about the righteous man or the righteous woman being like a tree that is planted by the streams of life. Jesus now, using that imagery, compares you and me to a tree, and he basically says there's two kind of trees. Good trees that bear good fruit. Think of an apple tree full of apples, an orange tree full of oranges, uh, a banana tree. If you've ever traveled to a Central American country, they're everywhere with big banana bushels hanging off of them. That's a good tree. He also says there are bad trees. These are trees that don't bear any fruit at all. So if you want to know if you're going to go to heaven one day, look at the kind of fruit your life is producing today. And that will just tell you, not that you're saved by your fruit, that's not the point, but that the fruit of your life, here's what I mean by that, the way you talk, the way you think, the language that you use, the way that you treat people, the things that you spend your time watching on YouTube, whether you swipe right, click on that link, the things that you do with your body, the things you put in your body, the, the way you talk when your mom and dad aren't listening. These are the things that are the fruits of our life and those fruits will tell you what kind of life you're living and what kind of tree you are. And this is how Jesus sets up the next portion of scripture as he closes out the Sermon on the Mount. By the way, I want you to watch what Jesus is doing here, y'all. For 36 years almost, I've been preaching the gospel. And, I, and you, if you've come to a Crossroads event, and if you come to summer camp this year, our 28th year, you know that when I preach or when Jacob preaches or when one of our speakers, we always give people a chance to respond. But when I preach, I give an invitation. Here's why. Because at the end of, Je this is my example. At the end of Jesus' most famous sermon, he told people how to be saved. He didn't just tell them a bunch of information and then kind of like peace out and leave. He told them how to know that they're in the kingdom of God. He told them how to know as, as a fact if they were gonna go to heaven one day. And this is how Jesus wraps up the Sermon on the Mount. He says in verse 21, and this is the warning. Remember the two parts, the warning and the promise? Here's the warning. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, that means judgment day, the last day, the day that Jesus judges the world 
in righteous judgment. On that day, Jesus says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? And then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. I never knew you. So Jesus is issuing a warning. Number one, here's the warning. Words are not enough. Words are not enough. In other words, words alone will not save you. I put, I put it in my notes like this. You can't talk your way into heaven. You just can't talk your way into heaven. But here's the point Jesus is trying to make, the first point. Words are not enough because look at what Jesus says in Matthew 7. In that day, many will say to me. You're gonna use words. So on judgment day, here's what Jesus is doing. Y'all, don't miss this. Because Jesus is God, Jesus can see the future. We can't. We can't predict what's gonna happen. Elon Musk can't even predict the future, y'all. Regardless of what Hollywood or your favorite Netflix series may try to teach you or tell you, none of us can predict the future, but Jesus can because Jesus exists outside of time. And Jesus has given us a view of what's gonna happen on Judgment Day. Everybody that's ever lived will stand before Jesus and give an account for their life. And here's what Jesus says is gonna happen. There will be people that show up on Judgment Day and they think they're gonna talk their way into heaven. Like, like some of us have tried to talk our teachers into giving us a better grade than we deserve. Like some of us have tried to talk our way out of getting into trouble with a police officer or mom and dad. But Jesus is warning you, and I'm here today as his vessel to tell you, words are not enough. You cannot talk your way into heaven. Many will come to me in that day and they're gonna say a couple of things. I, I prophesied in your name. In other words, I preached. Uh, I did miracles in your name. I cast out demons in your name. And the only thing that these people, and maybe some of you are gonna be in this, in this group, I hope not. That's why I'm preaching this message today. So that you don't find yourself standing before Jesus on judgment day, thinking you can talk yourself into heaven. You can't. You can't talk yourself into the kingdom of God. That's the warning. Words are not enough. You can't talk your way into heaven, but you can trust your way into heaven. And that's the real simple lesson that Jesus is trying to teach us in Matthew chapter seven. You can't talk your way into the kingdom of God, but right now you can trust your way in. And here's how you do it. You trust that Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sin and you ask him to do it. The only reason I'm married, if you wanna get really technical about it, is because I asked Shari to be my wife. And she said, yes. If you'll ask Jesus to save you, trust him enough to invite him into your life, he'll already say yes, because he already has. He did when he died for you. So right now, if you need to give your life to Christ, wherever you are, driving in your car, sitting in your bedroom, at your desk, listening to this podcast in the gym, just ask Jesus to save you. Trust your way into his grace. Just pray this to him right where you are. Jesus, I need you to save me. 
I know I'm a sinner and I repent of my sin. I want you to take control of my life. I confess that you're Lord and I invite you into my heart. Thank you for loving me and thank you for saving me. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer to Jesus, let us know. Go to claytonking.com and send us an email and make sure that you tune in next week because this was just part one of the message. Part two is coming up a week from today. Don't miss it because Jesus has more to say about living your life with more than words. We'll see you next week. If you'd like to hear this message again, send it to a friend, or learn how to take a next step in your walk with Jesus, check us out at claytonking.com.